Well, there you go. Uh, it's starting to happen, folks, and that's in Orchard Park, New York. And the Modern Eater Show continues. It is a Monday, November 23rd, and thanks for joining us. A very, very busy day. Jay and I are just running around rampant. We're getting phone calls from all of you. Please keep them coming. Um, hashtag safer at restaurants for sure. Uh, big show today, Andrea Fritzi, chef, is going to be joining us from Il Posto, I believe, or his home. Uh, but Chef Fritzi is going to be joining us at 2.15. Look forward to that. Uh, Mark Whistler from Route 40, uh, used to be called The Goods, The Goods Restaurant. He's going to call us. He's got a great initiative. And uh, here's exactly how you can help restaurant workers today. And I think that that's really what we're trying to focus on is how can we help uh, the great restaurant workers and staff that have been putting it all on the line for us. And uh, Brandon Camp from New Image, right, Jay? It's not on the sheet. New, New yes, Image, New Image Camp. Brewing Company. Fantastic. And then who's coming up at 3 o'clock? 3 o'clock is going to be uh, either Josh Nuremberg or Chef Tamaji Cook. Great. And Chef does what? Chef Nuremberg? Tamaji Cook. Oh, Tamaji Cook. He's with Miss Betty's Kitchen, but they're part of a uh, giveaway, or not a giveaway, but a fundraising and meal distribution for Thanksgiving. Oh, fantastic. And they're giving away 2,000 meals. And then Chef Josh Nuremberg, who uh, gave us a very thoughtful video that we played for you um, last week. A lot's happened over the weekend, uh, but I want to play it for you again. Here's out of Orchard Park, New York, as business owners gathered at a gym, and they, um, they had an interesting afternoon. I'm going to play this for you, and then we're going to talk about this and what we're seeing here locally as well. And they don't want to lose their livelihood. I've lost friends, I've lost family who've killed themselves. I've seen clients die because they've lost their livelihood. I'm sorry to hear that. I know you are, and I'm just a pal- I'm asking for you to guys have some compassion for the people that have lost everything. We do have compassion for people who Okay, well, you need to go have compassion out in the parking lot. But this is private property. This is, this is private property. This, this is private property. Yes, it it's private property. Go I get a warrant. Listen, man, this is private property. They're not wanted here. So do your jobs. Well, her job is... Well, know, no, no, your you job is to remove people that are not wanted here. You have a She's We're wanted here. Department. They're not. You She's hiding her name tag. She had I'm not. It's right here. It's my They're just doing their job. There we go. You should all be wearing masks. How I'm not doing anything wrong. Don't worry about my health. My health isn't you're, your concern. You're meant to be wearing a mask. It's a government. Okay, well, then write me up. It's the law. Okay, then then take me to jail. Then take me to jail. Show me the law. Show me the law, please. Show me the law. Well, I think we got to go. You have to leave. You guys have to leave. You have to leave. Right now, you're trespassing without a warrant. Mass civil disobedience. Now, you're trespassing. We're not trespassing. You're trespassing. Doesn't matter. We have a right to be. Get a warrant. Go get a warrant. Go get a warrant. Go get a warrant. Go get a warrant. Yes, you do. Come back with the warrant or leave. Don't write the law. No, go on your phone outside. Go on your phone outside. I would really like it if you Where did you hear a report? Okay, we don't like it. We don't like it. Who reported it? Who reported it? Who reported it? Who reported it? You know what? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's anonymous, anonymous, right? It's yes, anonymous. It can't be anonymous. Complaint. You need to it know you're accusing. You need to know. Okay, wait, you gotta go get a warrant. It's not the department. You don't get the right policies. You don't get to violate the Constitution. It does not matter. You don't circumvent or subvert the Constitution. Okay, Meth, you need to leave. Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! 
This is a Black Lives yeah, Matter protest. You guys got to go on the road. You got to go to the road. We will not comply. We, we will, will not comply. We will not comply. We will not comply. We will not comply. This is a protest, guys. We do not we have to disband. It is a protest. This is a lawful protest. We will not comply. 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 To the road. To the road. Okay, there it is. Um, the video has gone viral since then. There's obviously a lot of political implications uh, when it comes to this video. It's, uh, you know, folks were gathered, no masks were being wear, worn, uh, references to Black Lives Matters. Um, maybe not the best way to get the point across, but what I can tell you, and we're just showing it to you, um, that there is a lot of civil unrest right now, and business owners everywhere are trying to jockey for position to figure out what is within their constitutional rights, what, what can they do if their businesses are shut down, uh, and really just seemingly no recourse right now. That was at a gym in Orchard Park, New York, called Athletes Unleashed. It's a CrossFit place. They called for own, small business owners to get together uh, to really just figure out what, um, what their recourse and actions can be for having their businesses shut down, similar to here in Denver as we move into um, the red restriction phase, and I think you're all aware of what those restrictions are. As a response to that, the uh, council person, uh, Councilman Connor Flynn, I believe his name, uh, writes, I'm aware of the incident last night in Orchard Park concerning a confrontation between a group of business owners and Erie County Department of Health. I thank and commend the officials for doing the difficult work of keeping this community safe. I've asked our town code enforcement officer and town attorney to review what additional actions the town can take against any parties that put their own needs above the needs to keep our community safe. We are all going through incredibly difficult time. The night is always darkest before the dawn, and we're in the final stretch now. This is the time for us to rally together as a community and support our own. Accordingly, I've created the Orchard Park Orange Zone business registry so residences and businesses can easily connect. And he goes on from there. At the end of this, uh, uh, and this is on his Facebook page, I actually have... Uh, a screenshot of that Facebook page that I can show you. Uh, many residents are scared for their own health and, and the health of their loved ones. If residents are aware of a violation of the Orange Zone rules, they can call our code enforcement office and then gives a phone number. I thought that was interesting, and I don't really know what's involved with calling that phone number, uh, but I thought we'd do it here today on air. Uh, Chef Andrea Fritzi is standing by. I do want to put a quick phone call into this phone number here, and this is a public phone number. Obviously, I'll identify myself when I call them, but I, I just want to see what this phone number is. It does seem like one of those um, tattletale phone lines here, 662-6430. All right, here's the phone number that they've listed on their Facebook page. Please choose from the following options for 
Kramer, Supervising Building Inspector, dial 2. For Dave Holland, Building Inspector, dial 3. For Tom Miner, Fire and Building Inspector, dial 4. For John Whitman, Building Inspector and Code Enforcement, dial 5. For Rainy Degree, Electrical Inspector, Code hmm. Enforcement, dial 6. For all general questions, please dial 1. For Natalie Naraki, Building Clerk. Well, let's try one for Natalie. Again, this is the code enforcement office, and citizens have been asked to call this number if they see gatherings of folks together. Oh, hi, Natalie. My name is Greg Hollenbeck. I host a show in Denver, Colorado, The Modern Eater Show. We're a very hyper-local um, based show that a lot of small businesses tune into. We are on the air right now. It's a, uh, a live show. And I just wanted to call you because I looked at um, Connor Flynn's, Councilman's Facebook page. He put this number and it says, many residents are scared for their own health and the health of their loved ones. If residents are aware of a violation of the orange zone rules, they can call our code enforcement office and then gives you a number. I'd just like to have more information about that because I think that there's going to be uh, other folks that will be doing the same thing. So I'm just wondering what this line is designated, what kind of information you guys look for. This is the building inspector and code enforcement office. Um, however, I'm not sure of any of that information. I can send you to the voicemail of this department head. He's actually out of the office at the moment, but he will get back to you. So when, uh, and thank you, I do appreciate that. So when folks are asked to call this line, it's a, a little unclear on whom they're going to be calling. So as Councilman Flynn's call to action to call this phone number, is this basically a, a line that citizens can call when they see gatherings of other folks that may need to be looked into from a code enforcement standpoint? Um, I am not aware of anything of that at the moment. It's not to say that it is not, but I um, do not know the Code Orange uh, protocol at this time. I can, like I said, I will send you to the voicemail, but I don't have any other information at this point. Have you had any other curious phone calls um, from folks that may have read the same thing that I have? And this is, of course... Uh, regarding the uh, incident that's happened at Orchard Park in the Athletes Unleashed gym uh, with other folks gathering, and there was a health enforcement officer, or a uh, health code officer that was there that day. Do you know any information on what took place that day and if there were any code violations that took place? I do not. I'm not um, privy to that at the moment. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. I have a feeling as things go along here, you will be getting citizens to call you. So um, any information that I could get, who would you like me to contact again within the office? Um, the department head's name is Steve Framer. Steve Framer? Yes. Okay. Okay. And is there a direct number that I can reach out to Mr. Framer? He is uh, extension two. Extension to Natalie, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, bye bye. Well, that's the number to call. Um, seems to end there. I don't know. 
So we do have Chef Andrea Fritzi. We're having folks just sound off again today. And uh, relief seems to be like, where is the relief? Federal end, you know, they're dragging feet. Local end, Governor Polis last Wednesday uh, came out to say that we're putting together a special session uh, for uh, our Congress here to basically figure out how we can get you some local relief. They did say that they had $200 million that they were going to try to uh, put aside for relief and targeted to our most vulnerable businesses. I've yet to see anything come from that as well. So we'll talk to Chef, uh, Chef Andrea Fritzi next on the Modern Eater Show. Hey. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumplin' for by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, and I am rocking with the Modern Eater. You're watching them. You're tasting them. You're knowing everything there is to know about Colorado. <laughs> Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey Four Pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now, quadruples are the emperors of Belgian monastery ales. They're dark in color uh, with a dense tan head and alcohol ranging from 8 to 12%. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness, uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming. Uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey Four Pack at either Brews location, 67th and Pencos, or at Colfax in York, and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badassery today. Welcome to Tommyknocker Brewery here in beautiful Idaho Springs. Uh, we brew normally twice a day. Currently brew about 18 different beers. And right here is our brew kettle, steam-fired brew kettle. And uh, we generate our steam with natural gas. We get our natural gas from Encore Energy and Brian Rizzuto. I really like working with Brian because he explains how the system works of getting your natural gas. It's not a mystery. I actually understand our energy bill. Watching the Modern Eater, and now back to the show. Okay, welcome back to the show. Right now is when I would usually tell you about Jeff Rourke and A Plus Beverage Solutions. Uh, he does install the tap systems of your dreams, and he also does maintenance. 720-272-3809. I know Jeff would want me to tell you the message, and I have to tell you this is, this is who supports your local programming as we're trying to do everything we can on a daily basis to get you the latest information. Uh, Jeff would just like you to know to support local and support local restaurants, local businesses, local industry. Get out of those long lines that are doing you no good. Quit packing into those big box stores where that's the real unsafety. 
and go support your local businesses. That's a message from Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. Welcome back to the show. I feel like I'm rushing. I apologize. I may be all over the place, but we're getting so much information, and I am under great authority uh, that has told me that the governor has been watching the Modern Eater Show to get responses and feedback from not only you, but local businesses as well. So, uh, Governor Polis, if you're watching, thank you, first of all, and then uh, secondly, help. We need help, okay? Uh, I don't know what to do. I'm just playing you things that are happening around the country. I can tell you there are local initiatives right now, one of them in Arapahoe County, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the program, uh, that basically are trying to do the same thing, mobilize business uh, business owners together, small business owners together to figure out what's within their rights right now as really everything seems to be uncertain. So we'll go right now. His time is very valuable. It looks like he is at home, I think, but Chef Andrea Fritzi joins us right now. Thanks, Chef. How are you? you hear me? Yes, Chef. How are you? Good to see your face. Good to see you. Good to see you. Well, you know, uh, as, as I said, I, um, I'm resolute, of course. You know, I don't like to get punched in the face again, and I did. And so, you know, the biggest problem is when you get through all this summer and everything, and you get yourself together and you make a business from nothing again, and you feel that you're doing okay, you're doing good, and somebody else comes to you and say, no. You can't do business again. And they punch in the face and say, okay, so if, you, if I can do business again because it's not my fault, what are you going to do for us? So he said he has a relief for us. Now, today is Monday, right? Uh, Tuesday was the announcement and nothing happened yet. And uh, every restaurant, a lot of restaurants are closing down every day, every day. And it's nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. And so the fact of the matter is, they take away our constitution right to make a living. Now, we know corona is a problem, but also we know restaurants are the most safe environment. We protect our customer. We are really good at it. We have our spaces. Even with 25%, we were doing okay. Some, some okay. The problem is they just decide to do so, and they take their rug under our feet. And, and it's a lot of people is very desperate. And so we talk about people getting sick. So let's talk about people losing everything and people work all their life to do something. Now, if you close me, you need to give me money to support me because it's not our choice. And so what are you going to do? You got to do something. You need to do something because let me tell you, people is not happy. We're going to, you're going to hear us. You're going to hear everybody. And, uh, and this is not good for you and for everybody else. And also our customers are really upset about it. Our customers are really upset about the fact that we're getting treated like that. I think this is a discrimination against one single party. It's complete discrimination. And so I am mad about it. And know the fact that also we provide a safe environment for a customer and our employees. You can see a record and restaurants are not the problem. I went to Costco a few days ago. It was a madhouse. So we're controlling Costco customer. You can go to church. You can go to the stadium. You can go to the museum. But no, we can have 15 people inside. It's completely ridiculous. Chef, um, you, you're right on the money. And, 
you know, let's face it, we're all law-abiding people. We wear our masks. We play by the rules. Um, you do all of the things. They say shut down uh, service at 10 o'clock, shut down alcohol at 10 o'clock, you'll shut it down. Shut down the 8 p.m., you'll shut it down. You'll continually do the things that they ask you to do. Now, you're visibly getting frustrated, and how, and how could you not? As a small business owner, you're seeing the restrictions uh, tighten as your business is suffocating, and, and I, I don't know what your financial situation is, but I'm assuming as a small business owner, you're uh, left to depleting what funds that you do have and maybe looking at how you look into your personal funds to keep yourself afloat right now, which is absolutely ridiculous to expect that you might go into personal debt at this point in time. You're completely correct. Mm -hmm. If you're shut down, you, there should be help, help or relief. There hasn't been. These are the same people uh, for months and months that we've been looking at their political ads to put them to the forefront of the communities in hopes that they would help us out. And here we are. There's just no help. As we enter Thanksgiving week here, uh, renownedly a, a big family holiday and a great shopping holiday, and, and I can imagine Black Friday will pack people in as these large big boxes have uh, the push to be able to stay open and to market to the masses for great big deals to come in and flood their stores. They will be packed. Um, your business will not be. As we see the division from small business and large business, the gap becomes wider and wider and wider, and the attrition uh, for the small person and their businesses seem to be going away. Business owners everywhere are starting to gather, as we've seen that in Orchard Park, New York. Now, maybe their method wasn't the best, but they wanted to get together and they wanted to explore their options. What are within their legal rights? And I've said it time and time again, uh, when Restaurant and bar owners, when restaurant and bars become outlawed, restaurant and bar owners will become outlaws. Where are you at? The, are you at the point to just roll over or are you going to stand up and fight? Well, I'm not going to do any civil disobedience because that is not the way it works for me. I don't think I don't think that's the way to go, but um, I don't see that way. I, I always want to be a law abiding citizen. I want to be a right for my people, my community, for Rhino, for my employees, the best I can. The problem on the fact is this. Let me ask you something. Everybody who work in government, is any of these people got laid off? No, right? So everybody who work for the state and the city they got laid off? No, they get paid. Now, no one of these people, from the governor to the clerk, they are afraid not to get a paycheck the next day. So they don't know the pain. So I have to throw people, tell them to come tomorrow. We have to stretch schedule. We have to do all kinds of things to make sure that we are open again when everything reopens and be valuable for the community and for us and for our work. You know, my problem is my staff. And I have to tell them I can't have you for three weeks. And they say, well, my, my uh, uh, unemployment runs out because we're out in the summer. I mean, what are you going to do? And what you, gonna, you just throw us in the fire without anything. And you just told us to be nice, to be quiet, to do this, and we're going to help you. But it's no help. We're going to remember this. We will remember what you're doing to us. And you know what? Restaurant business, small bar business, small business, we are a casual people of everything all the time. We don't have enough strength. The restaurant association does as much as they can, but they can't do nothing. Every time they appeal on all that is us. They try, but they can't succeed. We can't succeed in anything. We don't have power because they know 
in one way or the other, we're going to figure it out. Now, there are people that are getting sick, bunch of it. I have friends that have nurses and doctors, and I know. But the fact is, you can't do this without supporting us. If you can support us, you got to learn this business. If you can't do so, give us money. You can't do the other way or the other way around. It doesn't work like that. You can't destroy an entire community. There was an article in the voice world today or many restaurant clothes. Friends of mine, they put all the, you know, that family to invest in their places, like 400,000 and they lost everything. What are you going to do, Paulus? Hancock is, is worthless. And so I don't, I actually like Paulus. I think he did the best he could, but I think political pressure went to him and he had no choice because I talked to someone yesterday from the Liquor Distributor Association and the governor actually said to them, not go below 25%. Clearly, he got pressure from the, from the mayor and his city councils, and that's what happened. Now, what is the money? What are you going to do about it? You're going to touch those taxes? You're going to cut payroll taxes? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, your your audio is not the best right now. Maybe you can lean in well, just with this couple of last questions. And I, your your frustration is very visible, Chef, and, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in a uh, hurry up. Yeah, and- smile, do my things, say hi, cook, whatever I gotta do, talk to my staff, cook meal for them, I do whatever I gotta do, but I am utterly pissed off. Yeah. Uh, lean in when you speak, if you would, Chef, I'd appreciate it. So, right. take this opportunity right now, and we have a, a captive ear for folks that are industry leaders and even bureaucrats and politicians, hopefully Governor Polis, but Speak directly to Governor Polis. And, and again, you're in this situation to where I believe he would tell you, just hang on, Chef Fritzi. Uh There's a vaccine coming. We've got relief coming. We're working um, with Washington on a federal level as well to figure out what this package is. It's held up. Just, just hang on a little bit longer, Chef. Um, what, what do you have to say to, to those bureaucrats and politicians? Well, first of all, they're very quiet about it. After, after Tuesday... We don't hear nothing about it, anything. Second thing, police, you are a businessman. You understand what it is. Now, we are not the case. You can check every data. We are not the one that spread this virus. And by the way, when you send people home 8 o'clock drinking, guess where they're going to go? They're going to go home drinking. I live in a loft where a lot of young people live in every weekend. Everybody come up and they party up here because they can go to bars. And by the way, if you go to bars, the world wells are up. You do not get together with people, you get spread out, you get set, you get sanitized, you get controlled. Every one of my friends does very good job. Now, you, for some reason, the idiotic think that we are the one and you destroy an entire community, entire community that affects so many people from like bread maker, from the produce guy, from the boss, everybody is idiotic. But if you do so, because you have to, I understand, but you support her financially. You've got to find a way. But now, every day is past, and I'm frustrated because I know you're a good man. But I don't get it. I really don't get it. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. What, take 30 seconds and talk about what you're doing with your restaurant, because uh, regardless, you've got to continue on, and I know you do a lot of cool, creative <laughs> things. Take 30 seconds before you take it off. <laughs> So we bought every single eater we can buy 
from uh, Amazon to on people. You know, we're spending like $150 a day in gas, gas tanks, propane gas tanks, okay? We, uh, we make a pie shop. So for Thanksgiving, we sell a lot of pie. Uh, we do milk, but nobody's buying to go anymore. Everybody's over it. Nobody's doing delivery anymore. They buy pizza. They, they, everybody's over this. It's over the fact that they cannot have a life. And I understand the situation, but at the same time, frustrating people and destroying life like that is just a damaging. You gotta find a balance. Now we we are as an industry the most creative and resilient of any industry. I think you guys banking on that. You banking to the fact that we're gonna fucking figure it out. But it's not right because when you we we did so much this summer, this fall, the springtime, and we made it. Some of us, and and you are so dry and depleted inside, and then all of a sudden you went to 25, and then you take it away, and we have to start again without help. It's no help. You ask for self taxes anyway. You give parking ticket anyway. All these things, and so it's no help. You know. One is no help is the most frustrating things. Then people get really upset because if it's help, we work. You said, Paulist, that we are a community. Guess what? We are not your community. Everybody else is, not us, clearly, because nothing is happening for us. And if you have to close up for health issue, and I understand that, that's fine. But you're supporting us if we are one. So what are you going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to support you and your family and your business and get down there and get some food from you and some pies. I love those pies, man. Yeah, we do. Lester, my pastry chef, is amazing. He's, a, he's doing a great job. We did a video today. If you check my Instagram and Facebook, you know, we are doing gift basket. We're doing so many cool things. Uh, my partners, by the way, are amazing. They are supporting in this. Without them, I will not be here right now. So thank you. Uh, but the fact is, you know, I can be quiet, silence, and wait, everything go away and do my things, but I don't want to be that person. The people, friend of mine, they lost everything. They lost, they moved back to Wisconsin, lost the idea, lost the dream, and they just got left alone. The point of the matter is, I understand this is a problem. You know, I have friends with COVID, a lot of people did get sick, a lot of people got sick. This is not fake news. This is a real deal. And my family is in Italy. They are shut down there, too. The problem is you leaving us alone. We are alone in this. And that's not why I came here. I became a citizen September 21st because I believe in this country so much. I believe because this is my home. Okay, I came here. This place made me who I am. Give me the opportunity to make a dream come true. Right, right now, it's become something else. Mm. And, I am, and we are alone. Alone, the American dream. Mm -hmm. So you got to do something. I pray to you. You need to do something for us mm -hmm. and stand up for us too. You have to also talk to us instead of talk about everything else. I want you to get up, go in front of the TV and talk to us, mm. our community. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm. Well said, Chef, as always. You're welcome. Um, keep kicking. We'll see you soon. And you like, know that. Like you said, it'll be okay. You know, my friend Matt Cable called me the dragon slayer because I fucking slay the dragon all the time. I don't really care. I will yell to him and to Hancock anytime. 
until they do something about it. What's interesting? Because this is not right. You know, I don't like what something is not right. Yeah. I don't like injustice. This yeah. is injustice. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of injustice in this planet that freaking hate. This is an injustice. Okay? Yeah. So do something. I've seen Enjoy you. your day, buddy. Yeah. I've seen you go from uh, very patient and motivated to uh, rallying the folks around you to right now I'm seeing that frustration um, come to you right now. So I'm hoping that something does give in the next few weeks here to where some relief is found because I don't want to see you get any worse than this. I really don't. No, no, because it's no, it's no way out. And guess what? You're only going to get the big corporation and, you, and your community is going to be shit. Mm. Okay. Do you want a shitty community? Mm -mm. I'm just asking you, Paulis. That's what you want? You want a cheesecake factory everywhere? All right. Yeah, we're not going to let it happen. So, okay, we're stronger no. in numbers. All right, we'll see you, Chef. Thank you so much. Ciao. Feels like we're playing catch-up, Jay. I want to just push everybody up so that we're giving everybody their appropriate amount of time as it is uh, 2.41 in the Mile High City, and I want to take a deep breath and take in what's happening here. Mark Whistler is standing by from the Colfax Museum, otherwise known as Route 40 Cafe. We're going to catch up with Mark here in the next segment as, uh, again, yeah, the, the big news is the viral video. And this is happening everywhere. This just so happened to be um, caught in video as the health department uh, looking for code violations of some small business owners that gathered in an uh, Orchard Park gym in New York. And that gym is called the Athletes Unleashed CrossFit Gym. They, um, they caught it on video. And business owners are getting together. I've said it time and time again. Uh, when restaurants and bars are outlawed, you're going to start seeing restaurant and bar owners become outlaws. I'll play a little bit of this clip and we'll come back with Mark Whistler. Uh, that'll be next on the Modern Eater Show. Well, you, you gotta go get a warrant. It's it cannot not be anonymous. It's not anonymous. You don't get the you right get policies. You it's don't get to violate the Constitution. It does not the matter. Same you as don't that. circumvent or subvert the Constitution. Okay, Meth, you need to leave. I love the laugh. Like right now? Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Kyle Mindenhall. I'm talking with uh, my good friends from the Modern Eaters show. Keep supporting them. There's a lot of good stuff happening. We started Meridium Spirits because we love the way that spirits and cocktails can bring people together to socialize, to bond, to have conversations. Well, right now we've got some big conversations to have. Coop Vodka and Coop Gin are available at liquor stores across the metro area. But if you can't find us or would like to have us behind your bar or at your restaurant, send us an email, info at meridiumspirits.com. We know things are a little different these days, but think of us the next time you're planning a virtual happy hour or a socially distant picnic. And keep an eye on our social media, Coop by Meridium, for all the latest and greatest. Hey guys, it's Caroline Glover. I'm the chef owner of Annette out at Stanley Marketplace. Citrus is about to be in its prime. I just want to thank everybody for showing so much support to small local restaurants in this really hard time and you're watching The Modern Eater Show. <laughs> I'm fine with that. All right, back to the show in just a second, you guys. Uh, before that, uh, I want to talk to you about Aspen Baking and AspenBaking.com. 
Um, our good friend Jeff Nations over there would want more than anybody in the city for the modern eater to, to tell you on his behalf, uh, support small business. You know, that's exactly what he is and what he's been doing um, since uh, the mid-90s. And uh, aside from fresh bread and, and the normal, uh, you know, read I do for him, it's more of a, a, a serious tone and, and, a, and a think about the community type of day. So um, AspenBaking.com. For Jeff Nations and the Modern Eater, you know, we say uh, support local and, 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 and do your part. We appreciate it. Thank you. There it is, a video of business owners lashing out at a health inspector in Orchard Park, New York, when they had a, a private gathering of um, small business owners that got together, and there's a lot that's going on up there. It's starting to come together as uh, small business owners are just basically gathering in communities to figure out what's within their rights, uh, what's happening, what can they do, how can they navigate moving forward with um, such suffocating restrictions. And uh, it's a terrible thing because it's really just trickling down in our communities to where this unrest is it's, it's causing an amount of uncertainty to where I mean, look, I don't have the answers. I'm trying to just get everybody on this show to be heard, uh, show different perspectives and points of views. And, and uh, look, um, if you want to take this video and look at it and examine it, you're welcome to. It's posted on the Modern Eater Facebook page. Comments from the stream today, I appreciate. Deanna Johnson, what are we supposed to do? I'm going to lose my business and home. Those are the things that keep me up until the wee hours of the morning and wake me up very early in the day uh, to keep on going and getting this programming for you. Under great authority, the Governor Polis does tune in to the Modern Eater Show to uh, get local community feedback. So uh, every share and like on this content, getting it out into the communities is um, uh, very much appreciated and we're thankful for that. Um, also, uh, Ruby on the stream says, will you please share info about the Angel Relief Fund? Uh, Ms. Rebecca Berry, thank you so much uh, for posting that information on the Modern Eater stream today. If you're watching this from any other Facebook page or source like YouTube or Periscope or Twitter, uh, please head over to the Modern Eater's Facebook page, click on the stream, and there's that very important information from the Angel Relief Front. Uh, the Colorado Restaurant Foundation wants to express concern for the situation faced by so many, in the, so many in the restaurant and hospitality community. There's information on how they can help you out to access some uh, funds for uh, housing and mental health, transportation, child assistance, and more. So we'll get you that information and, and uh, post an official link on the Modern Eater Facebook page. One of the gentlemen that I really respect, I think he is Mr. Hospitality, and I just love to see him when he's at his finest. And uh, he just does so much for our communities behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. He's probably one of the most well-connected guys that I know. Everybody loves him. I want to welcome him back to the show. His name's Mr. Mark Whistler, and it's good to see your face. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's nice to see you guys. 
It's been too long. I know. We do all of the video connections, and I'm usually used to being saddled up there at the bar off of Josephine and Colfax, that long, sprawling bar and the patio that I love and the community that you've built around it as it's really just seemingly been decimated by COVID. And I know that we will rebuild, and, and, and you'll be back to doing the great things that you do within the community as well. But right now, I want to set you up for this because you put out an email that I really fell in love with, and it says, here's exactly how you can help restaurant workers today, and it's not donating money. This is great. I'm going to hand it over to you. Um, But first of all, where did you come up with this idea, and what is it, Mark Whistler? Cool. So um, in a nutshell, um, our industry has just been devastated, and um, there's a lot of people out of work, including you know, a big portion of our staff, a lot of other staffs. I've heard from other restaurant owners. Um, I was speaking to a restaurant owner the other day, and he was like, I, you know, I got to go furlough 17 people right now. This is the last thing I want to do. And um, he was just devastated that he was going to have to have this conversation with his staff. So, one, you know, the issue is there's a lot of people who don't have work, and we're going into a holiday season. It's just awful um, that, that these people who want to work and there's no other assistance out there. You know, people are running out of their employment benefits. There's just, you know, what are they going to do? And um, so over the last uh, couple of months, I've actually had a few customers call me up and you know, they're like, hey, Mark, uh, you know, we know you know a lot of people. We're just wondering, you know, uh, I need some boards put up today. Do you, do you, do any of your staff want to help us? And so like literally in each situation, I was able to make a couple phone calls. And of course, people were like, yes, I'd love to work. And so they just went over and helped for a couple hours and got paid cash. And um, I, you know, I just I realized that uh, that in our neighborhood, in our our community, and I think in all communities, there's probably a lot of people with a little bit of expendable income who um, need some help around the house, or maybe they have a small business that needs some filing, something like that. And um, what we're talking about are small household jobs, small office jobs, but there's no one central place to list those for the restaurant industry. And my thought was, if we can um, create that repository, that bulletin board where those jobs are listed, the small neighborhood done in one day, one-off, easy cash jobs, and we can actually put them in one place, we can connect people in the restaurant industry to those jobs during this time and hopefully help them get through. And this is something that, so basically, it's a, it's a jobs forum for small um, household jobs and small small business jobs to connect those jobs um, to people in the restaurant industry who need a job today and they need to get paid cash today too. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I, I think um, so. I just just put it up last Wednesday, and um, I haven't checked yet this morning, um, but uh, as of last night, I think there were like 150 subscribers already, and I hadn't advertised it at all. And so what, what's happening is um, we've had this massive flood of what looks like restaurant industry people who so clearly they need the jobs, they need the work, and they need the money. Um, and now, um, as starting yesterday, I wanted to get a little traction first. And then starting yesterday, I sent out that email, and now we're really going out to our neighborhoods, and we're, we're having a direct call to action to ask people to please post their little jobs and you know whether that's raking leaves or um you know painting the house or you know hopefully 
restaurant workers have a lot of skills and there's a lot of out of work cooks, a lot of out of work chefs who could help prepare meals. You know, there's a, a whole bunch of um, just amazingness sitting out there. People want to tap into it. And I, you know, I don't think um, any restaurant workers are super greedy at this time. I think most people would be happy with, you know, 15, 20 bucks an hour. And, um, and they, you know, they can help a lot of people in the community get stuff done around their homes that they haven't been able to do in a while. So that's the entire goal. And um, so right, right now, all throughout this week, we'll be going out for a direct call to action to find those jobs and get people to put those jobs on the bulletin board. And then hopefully, you know, we, we take nothing. There's no, no charge or commission for us at all. Um, we don't want anything from it at all other than to help people in our industry. So um, once those jobs start to show up, we'd like to see it just kind of run itself. And um, just, you know, the people who need jobs just connect directly with the people who are offering jobs through through the uh, bulletin board. There's really no assistance needed on our part. Um, and um, hopefully it'll be a great community resource. But um, I think we the bottom line is we had to figure out we have to figure out something. I mean, I just there's no help in sight. Uh, Congress has. Um, for lack of a better phrase, perhaps potentially crawled up its own ass. And um, I um, I just, um, I'm, you know, I, I'm really disappointed. I think a lot of people are disappointed with the amount of support that we've received from Congress. Um, and I, you know, at the end of the day, what we've really begun to, to see um, in actions speak a lot louder than words is that um, both sides, Democrats and Republicans in Congress, have no interest in truly helping the American public unless it serves them first. Mm. And I think that's a big problem. We, we have an issue. And, um, and the other part of the issue here, too, is that, um, you know, um, there's, no, there's no, no help inside right now. And um, it's definitely probably not going to happen in the next four weeks, probably not before Christmas. And you know what happened? Everybody was talking about stimulus before the election when it served them well mm -hmm. to when they thought they were going to get votes from it. But now, now that the election's over, those conversations have muted quite a bit. And, um, you know, why, why would Congress care? They haven't missed a meal. They, you know, their, their paychecks are still rolling in. They, they, why would they care? They don't, they have no idea what it's like for um, so many in our industry um, to really be hurting right now. And I think if anything, we want to proceed with empathy want to proceed with sympathy and we um you know we, we just want to try and help as much as possible and we you know we're, we're not in a good position ourselves as a restaurant but it doesn't mean that we can't help and it, it doesn't mean that we can't have a positive attitude and um i think that you know hopefully at the very least we can help solve some of this problem from within and um and hopefully eventually congress will get their act together and realize that you know, that their job is to help and sacrifice for the American people, not for themselves. Mm. Wow. First of all, congratulations. I've never seen anybody talk for five minutes without taking a breath. That was truly a <laughs> take a breath. Mark, I posted a link on our stream today to that jobs board, that forum. I think it's a, just a great creative idea. I hope people look into that. I'm sorry, you're so right. I mean, um, restaurant folks, front of the house, back of the house, the very talented, creative people. 
It, um, it can span from a small job to helping out with household chores, but it can go to, I mean, do you have a, a, a larger job? Maybe there's some programming out there yeah. that you need, or do you, do you need a system installed? There's a, a lot of tech stuff. Uh, one thing that I'm afraid of is you get these guys from, uh, guys and gals from the restaurant business onto this job board, and then all of a sudden they figure out, you know what, I'm just going to move careers altogether. Forget, forget this crazy business. I'm going to get into something else, but no job too small, too large. You guys take care of it. There's two portions of this. You need folks that go in there and they're looking for that side hustle or that cash, that immediate cash. Uh, and then there's folks that should post if they have something uh, that they're needing to yes. do with their business and, and uh, really just a great idea. Uh, there's one thing for certain that we're seeing and Yes, you're right, as we look to the politicians, the bureaucrats and politicians uh, for that relief to where we're like, okay, now we're flat-footed. We put all of our hope and, and relied on you, but it's coming back to what we knew all along. It's going to be within our community. It's going to be us that have to uplift each other to help each other out, and it's right back to the basics thing. So as we look in retrospect, if, if time comes again, um, we want to make sure that our community and our leaders and we have a strong voice that the effort is just for us and our communities. It's more important than ever. Uh, Mark, give us some final words. I've said it before. Uh, great authority that the governor's been watching the show. He could be watching now. Uh, what would your direct message to the governor be? Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I get it. You know, he's in a tough position and, um, you know, I, I think he's doing the best job he can, but I, I think, um, it just, the most important thing right now is, is empathy and for every action, there's a reaction. And, um, if we're going to curb or if we're going to uh, hinder the possibility of small businesses doing business, then uh, we need to provide some type of assistance or some type of situation where they're able to make up for that. And um, that needs to happen today, not, not the third week of December, not the second week of January, not the fourth week of February. It needs to happen today. And um, so that I think the issue here is that government can take away very easily, but it seems to be very lethargic in putting back. And that's the problem. We need to solve that issue. And I, you know, I, I think um, I applaud the governor in many ways. He's, you know, he's done the best job he possibly can. Um, but we need to understand it's easy to take away. And if the situation is it's much more lethargic to put back, there's a lot of people who are going to get hurt in the meantime. So we just, I think we need to be conscious of that with any decision that we make. Thank you. Uh, give us 30 seconds on what's happening at Route 40 Cafe, Mark. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So we have a new takeout program. We have amazing uh, Cubano uh, sandwiches. We have impossible burgers, taquitos. Uh, those feature Rocalitas tortillas. And uh, we also have Thanksgiving uh, meals for pickup. And um, if anybody would like to check this out, please go to Route 40 Cafe forward slash Thanksgiving. And then we also have the payment pay it forward option where if you want to just help out somebody else in our community or in, in the Denver community, um, you can actually pay for a meal and uh, we'll deliver it to a family on Thanksgiving Day. So um, if anybody would like to pay it forward and donate to another family that option is there, and, and um, we appreciate it, and they appreciate it, too, and we appreciate you guys very much. Rock Thank and you. roll. 
Love you, Mark. We'll catch up soon. If I don't see you before Thanksgiving, have yourself a happy Thanksgiving and in any way that you can find that piece. Um, go ahead. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you guys too. Thank you again for having me on. And uh, Greg, say say hi to your mama for me. I will. I wish you could probably do it right now. I'm sure she's watching. Hi, Pat. Okay, thank you. That's Mark Whistler, uh, formerly known as The Goods, now known as Route 40 Cafe. Wait till you get to get in there, I mean, and check it out. It is such a cool place. The memorabilia from Colfax, it just overflows hanging on the walls in Route 40 Cafe. And it's just such a cool place to be. Great vibe. I can't wait. Until, get the hummus. Yeah, can't wait till the foot. I don't even think he has the hummus anymore. Do you have the hummus, Mark? Uh, I mean, no. you know, I mean, we can make it. <laughs> I know you can. Oh. You got a simplified menu. The, the uh, grab-and-go is cool. Thank you, brother. And uh, get, get a Thanksgiving dinner from Mark Whistler. I know that you'll make that just an awesome dinner for whomever orders that. Okay, that's Mark Whistler. We're going to move on. Take a break. Brandon Cap is going to be coming up. New Image Brewing Company. And Brandon reached out. I've been asking people, and you can do it too. Reach out to us, whether it's my, if you're personal friends with me on Facebook, DM me. There's nobody that I don't answer. If the, the Modern Eater, DM us on The Modern Eater, our Instagram. There's many ways to get at us. You can also email us, themoderneater at gmail.com. We want to sound off. We want to get business owners together. You look at it. You're not, if you're in uh, Orchard Park, New York, and business owners get together to have this same type of conversation, which we're doing it uh, through the Modern Eater Show and Zoom calls. But if you're gathered together with business owners, you're going to have people, private citizens, that have the ability to call a phone number um, to drop the dime on you for gathering and talking. That's where we're at right now. Um, what are we learning from all of this? You stay, you stay tuned. Brandon's up next on the Modern Eater Show. Hi. I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms, and I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching the Modern Eater Show. <laughs> hey, Zach Ryder here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado. Your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, Let me try it one more time, then we'll see. Hey, restaurants, we're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. (laughs) First, we partner with the best farmers in the world, and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful all so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com. Hey, Modern Eater fans. I'm Don Trobo with The Annex by Art at Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here, and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries 
uh, or pearl barley. Those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now, back to the show. And they don't want to lose their livelihood. I've lost friends, Call I've lost family hours. who killed themselves. I've seen clients die because they've lost their livelihood. I'm sorry to hear that. I know you are, and I'm just a pale, I'm asking for you to guys have yeah, some compassion for the people that have lost everything. We do have compassion for people who Okay, well, you need to go have compassion out in the parking lot. But this is private property. This is, this is private property. This, this is private property. Yes, it is. It's private property. Go I get a warrant. Listen, man, this is private property. They're not wanted here. So do your jobs. Well, his job is... Well, no, no, your you job is to remove people that are not wanted here. You have a problem. We're wanted here. Department. They're not. You She's have a hiding her name tag. I'm not. It's my name. All right, and it goes on from there. That was a uh, gathering of business owners at a Orchard Park gym called Athletes Unleashed as the health inspector um, with it looks like Sheriff and Canine comes in to, I guess, figure out what's going on, see if there are any violations. And uh, I think that this is probably going to be a, a certain theme, as I, I know you know that restaurants and bars right now have been threatened their liquor licenses for non-compliance. Um, it's an interesting situation as everybody's just in this holding pattern of hurry up and wait. And uh, as restaurant and bar owners are trying to just jockey for position and figure out well, what is within our rights. And, and uh, obviously gathering right now has been frowned upon. So you're seeing this more and more. It's taking place underground and email threads are being, Facebook groups are, are, are being made and, and people are just figuring out a way to be able to communicate with one another. The frustration seems to be a theme as um, we enter into this very busy uh, shopping and holiday week where you know just as well as I do the big box stores and and uh, grocery stores will be flooded with people. Um, small businesses will be suffering and the division between small business and big business will get greater. And um, it's, very, it's very difficult to sit by and um, just idly wait for uh, the government and, and bureaucrats to hand out any kind of relief money. This just doesn't seem to be on the horizon and, and tensions uh, seem to be getting thicker. I can tell you the Modern Eater Show, we, would, we wish we were doing what we do best, and that's highlighting our community, the farmers, the ranchers, our agriculture, our purveyors, our product makers, uh, the fine men and women of this community that make up uh, what is the food chain in the service industry. And that's really what we want to do. This is not a political show. Um, I sit on the fence. I think both parties are full of themselves. and a lot of infighting and I, I, I really don't take alignment with any of them. I think they're all full of crap. Um, one thing that I do know is that our communities and the strength of our communities and our ability, our ability to have conversation is very much so needed. So when I see out of Orchard Park, New York, a Facebook posting from Councilman Connor Flynn that ask for residents that if they see anything herky-jerky or folks coming together and communicating or maybe a, 
a gathering of a protest to call code enforcement office, and we called that number live on the show today. You saw where that got us, but that's interesting as developments happen. So as I ask you to reach out to us here at The Modern Eater, and we just want to hear from you. What, what, what are your thoughts, your concerns, your frustrations? We're letting everybody talk. We're a pneumatic tube. We're just taking it all in, and where, it all, where the chips fall is where they fall, but communication is paramount right now, and that's where this gentleman comes in. His name is Brandon Cap, New Image Brewing Company, and we welcome you back to the show. Brandon, how are you? Howdy. I'm doing all right. <laughs> what are we getting ourselves into, huh? Uh, small business owner, first of all, take uh, 30 seconds to talk about New Image and what you guys do. Yeah, um, so we're a brewery in Arvada, Colorado. We have a production facility in Wheat Ridge uh, that we're, the plan was to open a tap room there this year, but this didn't really feel like the year to open a tap room. So uh, that that project's in progress right now, but um, pretty well known in the beer community, uh, mostly for our IPAs, probably first and foremost, and then probably second to that, um, sours and stouts. Uh, but yeah, we've been around for about five years now um, with our location in Old Town. And then, um, yeah, that's more or less what we do, make beer, make people happy. <laughs> Man, those were the days, huh? You'd be on this show right here and we'd be talking about beers and the notes and the profiles and how to get a special release and just the cool things that are happening in the tap rooms. Those days are on hold right now, but now we're to the point of really just uh, voicing our concerns and frustrations. So lay it on me. What's your mindset? You reached out to us and I really do appreciate that. What's on your mind today, Brandon? Well, you know, uh, in the context of sort of the question you'd pose online was just, uh, you know, are people willing to share kind of their frustrations? It seems like a time where it's a little bit of a, you know, risk to potentially stick your neck out there and, and express any negative feelings about how things are being handled. And uh, I mean, it is, it's definitely um, not something that you feel super comfortable um, necessarily speaking your mind on. But I mean, I, I think over the last you know eight months or however long this has been going on at, at this point, at the beginning, like things are pretty crazy and haphazard stuff was rushed and uh, inelegant. Um, but that was all understandable given the circumstances and, you know, during that first shutdown of eight or 12 weeks or however long it was that we were closed, um, that might have been quite a bit longer than that, actually. But, um, you know, I was thinking, I hope that they at least reopen us with some kind of reasonable notice, you know, because um, it, it takes time to prepare for this stuff. You know, not only are we a restaurant and tap room where we have to prepare for shifts and um, you know, think about staff and think about supplies. Like we're also a brewery and we operate on a multi-week production timeline. So, um, but, you know, even when we got reopened, it was like a 20, you know, 48 hour, um, notice, uh, that we got reopened on, which made it really difficult for us to, um, to do so in a way that felt, uh, you know, as, as good as we would have liked, we ended up kind of waiting almost, I think a week or two, after we were allowed to open and reopen and, and then getting, you know, closed down again this month, it, it's been frustrating because, you know, we've been spending tens of thousands of dollars on new equipment and new procedures and, you know, all this stuff to try to prepare for 
uh, you know, winter, including heaters and tents and just all this stuff. And these rules just roll in at the last minute. And it, you just can't help but feel like we're getting kicked around. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard. Like everyone wants to do their part to be a part of the solution and not worsen the problem. Um, but then, you know, going and looking at the actual case data that the state's reporting and seeing the same information they're supposedly looking at, it's a question of why our industry is being uh, hit so hard when we're such a small portion overall of the caseload and you know the, the ported um, outbreak centers. So um, I think overall, like the feeling amongst a lot of you know people in our industry is like you know we're trying to keep a smile on, we're trying to like be strong for our staff and um, you know for ourselves. Uh, and uh, it's it's just really hard getting kicked around so much and and finding out all this stuff at the same time as everybody else too. You know, like we find out what the new rules are for us at noon or two or whenever Polis gives a um, an announcement at the same time as our employees and the public. And you know, it, immediately I get panic text messages from staff and from all these people asking me questions that I have no more answers to than they do. And it's, it just, it just feels so frustrating um, that it just, it just all keeps changing. So on a dime and so haphazardly and, and without any real thoughtful explanation to us as to how it is that closing us down is, is moving the needle at all when, you know, by their own reporting, it would appear that um, corrections facilities and patient care and schools account for 80% of the load. You know, why are we being thrown around so much? So, well, you, you I mean, great, thank you. Um, and you said a lot there. Let me ask you a couple of questions. With all of that in yeah. mind, do you believe that you should be open for uh, business as normal right now? I don't think anything should be open for business is normal. Um, I think new normal, um, you know, where if you look at the data for what happened after we reopened in June as an industry with food and beverage um, and the trends that started then, there was an uptick starting to really show immediately after retail reopened. And then after the mask mandate, we started to see case data really go back in the right direction pretty immediately. Um, and, you know, to me, what that says, and, and mind you, this was summer and people were doing more, you know, outdoor dining and, and things of that nature, but there was quite a bit of indoor dining as well. It certainly seemed like the procedures that had put in, been put in place um, for how we were supposed to operate retail at that time, you know, 50% capacity was doable. And, and quite frankly, from a numeric standpoint, it was by no means anyone's favorite time of the year. Um, but it was certainly doable, at least from the perspective that we had. Um, and if you really look at when this this new wave just absolutely skyrocketed, it you know can't help but notice what it aligns perfectly with, which is just the reopening of schools. And you know, I, I certainly don't think that it's fair to conflate like, well, is keeping your bar open more important than kids going to school? Well, I'd say they're not exactly related. I mean. Before COVID and before everyone in this world was super aware of uh, germs floating around, we all thought schools were cesspools. I mean, it's just kind of a, just kind of a colloquially understood thing that like 
you're a teacher or a parent, like you're probably going to get sick within a month of your kid going back to school because stuff just spreads there. Yeah, we call um, little kids time and time again, little Petri dishes. As yeah. they run around and, and with so germs and grubby little hands. So do I think we should be open as normal? Not normal circa 2019 <laughs> and before, but uh, circa summer 2020 when... Uh, it seemed like what we were doing in terms of procedures was at least keeping us at a steady uh, caseload and not overwhelming hospitals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, having uh, us already been shut down now once involuntarily mm -hmm. um, in the last month uh, due to someone testing positive, uh, you know, I can speak to the fact that every scare that we've had thus far has come from personal contact outside of work. And we haven't had a customer transmit to a staff or vice versa, or even a staff transmit to another staff. And, you know, we've at our own expense implemented weekly testing for staff. Um, you know, we're, we're jumping through all these hoops to try to make this work. But the, the thing that we're seeing is that it's not, it's not us. It's not coming from us. Mm -hmm. And wearing masks and being careful and using the procedures we've implemented seems to be working at least in so far as making it slow enough that it's manageable. Um, and to know that it's, it's very likely, very much more likely, uh, you know, personal gatherings in schools and, and things that are just entirely out of our control mm -hmm. that are causing our doors to be closed mm -hmm. is, is just incredibly frustrating. And to be, to be going through this much personal sacrifice without really seeing how it is that we have any positive impact mm -hmm. is, is really frustrating. Well, look behind you. You see that uh, on your shelf, the, 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 the alcohol, the bottles. Uh, I think you can blame it on that because the consensus is from the governor's office that when you have a couple of those, you lose all space and time and reality, and those libations are going to make you lay on your taproom floor with 50 of your closest friends in some sort of orgy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know why when like in times of crisis, we all become Puritans again, or at least the politicians, it's, it's really frustrating. Um, and I mean, this year is highlighted, uh, you know, something that a lot of people in the industry kind of deal with on a regular basis, which is just how many ridiculous rules there are around this substance that everyone uses. Um, I understand that there's, you know, precautions need to be taken and I believe in licensing and mm -hmm. you know, proper alcohol service. But yeah, I mean, to your point, we're just kind of the, the low hanging fruit and the easiest to kick, to kick around in part because we're kind of used to it. Like we're used to these rules that don't make any sense. And we're used to health inspectors just coming in and dictating how we get to operate on a monthly basis, even in a non COVID year. So, so true. um, let me do this with yeah. you, Brandon, before we take, I, uh, I really appreciate this conversation. Just a well thought out, uh, organized thoughts. And you, just like the rest of us, we, we all want to uh, abide by the law. We don't want anybody harmed. We want to wear our masks. We want to do the right thing. We want, but we also want to be open for some sort of business um, to be able to, so that you're alive on the other side here. Relief doesn't seem to be anywhere in sight right now. Look into your crystal ball. T tell me w where your thoughts are, where your business is, um, people around you. Give it another month with no relief in sight. W what do you see? Um, I mean, I would say that it's, as far as our business goes, I'll say that we're fortunate. You know, for one, we're, um, we're also invested in 
another revenue source, which is off-premise uh, retail liquor stores, as well as our own to-go from the brewery. Um, you know, that's been a huge blessing for us, the ability to, to maintain off-premise sales in a way that I, I definitely know that bars and restaurants just don't have a comparable revenue source like that. So, um, you know, for us, it's, it's really been, it's been doable. Um, it's come with a lot of sacrifices and it's certainly been difficult to keep morale going, uh, for the staff. You know, we have people that used to all be day shift five days a week working night shift, day shift rotations now and staff separated and all these rules about what we can and can't do. Um, I'm talking about us, how about your reasons. how about your demeanor? How about getting through these holidays and seeing, um, and you'll see it. You'll see on the news. You'll see big box stores jammed up, uh, jammed uh, with shoppers and and trying to create social distancing. You'll see grocery stores with frantic shoppers as well looking for things, um, and you'll see small businesses with stifling regulations as the attrition continues. We, I mean, Westward Publishing that sobering article that was just a list of closed restaurant and bars as the list continue. What about you personally, when you see these things happening around you and just that uncontrollable feeling, where do you think your mindset will be in about a month? You know, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, it's, there's so much going on outside of just, you know, the struggles we have with our business. I mean, the political climate is insane right now. Um, you know, for me personally, like as much as it sucks to have my business closed and honestly more paranoid about having gyms closed just because it's getting cold outside and exercise is one of my main outlets to keep me sane. So, um, you know, trying to figure out how to augment that is a challenge. Um, but I do think that in a bigger, more general sense for people in our industry, the upcoming months are going to be impossible. I mean, I... I feel like scrolling through social media, so many of my peers and friends are posting that they're temporarily closed because a staff member tested positive. You know, that was us two weeks ago. And despite all of the um, procedures that we put in place to try to prevent this, it's ultimately completely out of our control. And just I could beg my staff to not go home for Thanksgiving, to not do Friendsgivings, to just isolate and just help us get through this. But ultimately, like, what's the motivator for them? They get paid either way. Um, so someone's going to bring it back and we're going to get closed again. And that's going to happen to a ton of people. And I think we're going to see a lot of frustration um, extending from, and, and honestly, I think this is probably one of the only things that I'll say is, is legitimately flawed in how this is being handled is um, we're at risk because of things that our staff do um, outside of the workplace and we have no means of regulate not only regulating what they do outside the workplace we're not even allowed to dictate that there's any sort of procedure for them to come back to the workplace after having participated in whatever it is they choose um we're obligated to accept them back to work regardless and so we're defenseless and you know if we could just have some sort of means of protecting ourselves it it would be totally different so i i don't know i there is no crystal ball. I mean, I, I don't have any weekend plans. I don't have any afternoon plans. I just wake up and roll with the punches every day. And it's pretty much been that way since March. And it's tough. Mm -hmm. Hey, um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for you. Thanks for coming on, speaking your yeah, opinion. Absolutely. I really appreciate that. 
Um, what I want to do, Jay, is I want to... Taj Cook's going to come up, and I want to le- end the show on a very positive note. Josh Nuremberg's going to come up next, if yep. we could. Yep. I want While I have you here, Brandon, and then we'll say goodbye, Josh Nuremberg, he's a chef in Grand Junction, Colorado. I don't know if you're familiar with Josh or not. Um, he's one of the most respected guys that I know. He's actually standing by there. I want to play a video. You'll hear the audio. You won't see the video. Our viewers will see the video as well. Josh sent me this last Friday. And just a very mindful person. He, he's seeing things from every aspect uh, in the business right now. He's had COVID. He's had a staff member have COVID as well. He believes in his staff and protecting his staff in the community and business as well. This was what Josh had to say. And then Josh will be coming up next in the next segment to kind of do housekeeping because I, do, I don't do Josh justice at all. Uh, Chef Josh Nuremberg will be up next. You, you, you listen to this, if you would, Brandon, and then we'll, uh, we'll bid you good day after this. But uh, here's what Chef Josh Nuremberg had to say. Hey everybody, it's Josh Nierberg from Ben 707 Food Bar, Ben Burger, and Taco Party here in Grand Junction. Uh, at this point uh, in the year in COVID, in our response, our pivots, everything else we've done, I've finally just come to the realization that whatever happens with our business, I am no longer in control of whether or not we stay in business. The only thing that I'm in control of at this point is the safety of my staff, our friends, family, and our community. Because of that, I believe that shutting down dining rooms is probably the best thing that we could collectively do to keep our staff safe. We have major labor issues. We have major problems within the restaurant industry. COVID has exemplified those. Our ability to take care of our own is greatly diminished by inviting our guests, healthy or not, into our dining rooms, allowing them to take off their masks and conduct their business. This is not the position that I want to be in, but I believe that I'm able to continue operating with outside dining, our greenhouses, parklets, heated rooms, heated patios, takeout and delivery in a safer fashion than I am with my dining room open to the public. Here in Mesa County, we have a 50% occupancy variance, which allows us to continue operating our dining rooms open. And our dining room is open for business, and it's the part of our operation that keeps me up at night, makes me lose sleep over being able to control our future. Thanks for listening, everybody. I love that gentleman. Brandon, that's Chef Josh Nuremberg. If you ever get an opportunity to talk with Josh, I think you'd really appreciate that. You stick around. Here's what I'd like to ask you and everybody else that's watching this right now. Um, It's not often that we get to catch up with Josh. Uh, he, he has been kind of underground for the past couple of months only because he said that he's just had a hard time recovering from COVID and has some, um, very interesting things that he would like to share with us. Please share this stream. Please reach out and call your friends and family. Uh, this needs to be heard and he's standing by now, but next is chef Josh Nuremberg on the modern eater show. 
Hey, you guys, Jay here with the Modern Eater Show. Thanks for watching. Don't forget about our YouTube and Instagram channels. A lot of killer content over there. Throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Throw us a follow on Instagram. And thank you for supporting TME. We couldn't do this without our amazing sponsors, so let's check them out right now. Very proud to be part of the, the Modern Eater and uh, chefs, restaurant owners, any food service operators. You know, I know right now that uh, delivery and carry out is bigger than ever and we got you covered. Uh, Cambro uh, has a full line of uh, delivery and carry out items. More economical options are expanded polypropylene or EPP, a uh, nice insulated container. Uh, the Procard Ultra is really versatile. It's a great unit because you can actually store cold products down here, hot products up here. It's all 120. There's no refrigeration worries. It's all thermodynamics. Just let us know what your food service challenges are, what it is we can do to help you out, and there isn't anything that we can't do for you. So uh, hope to see you over here at our facility in Park Hill soon. And uh, stay Go safe. home. I strip down to my skivvies. All right, here we go. I got it. I got it. I got it. Hey, everybody. Steve Gould from Golden Moon Distillery and Golden Moon Speakeasy. When I get my cocktails to go from Golden Moon Speakeasy, I go home, I kick back, and I watch The Modern Eater. <laughs> skivvies. Hey, I'm a Marine. It's skivvies, man. There it is in Orchard Park, New York. That's the chance of get out from a local gym that was having a gathering of businesses. And uh, the health de department inspector paid him a visit. And that was the end result. If you'd like to see that full video, it's on the Modern Eater Facebook page. In the meantime and in between time, we played a video of this gentleman. His name is Chef Josh Nuremberg from Bin 707 Food Bar, Taco Party Grand Junction, and Bin Burger. Welcome back to the Modern Eater Show, Chef. Well, thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Man, I can't make ups and downs or rhymes or reasons of anything right now and like i said to you last time that we talked on the telephone you could convince me of anything right now chef leave dining rooms open close dining rooms again we're just the pneumatic tube where people are sounding off there's one thing for certain people are frustrated right now and the answers aren't there and the community seems to be kind of divided and you sh uh, you see business owners gathering in uh, orchard park new york and that's being frowned upon as well, not able to gather and, and communicate ideas with each other. So we're just trying to do that, communicate some ideas with each other here on the Modern Eater Show. And thank you for taking time so that we could have a conversation here today. So at first blush, um, <laughs> what are we seeing right now, Chef? Man, I don't know what to tell you. I, you know, every day is a different day. We've all been pivoting for months, and it's just... You know, I think all of us are a little scared right now. We've got the beauty of having a kind of nice weather this last weekend, but as soon as it gets cold, everyone's in trouble. Um, and we're running out of help. We're running out of relief. It is, it's far, far past time that we should have seen some relief. Um, you know, you guys heard what I, what I said last week and what, you know, what you and I had talked about a little bit. I think this is, this is all caused by this lack of a top down approach. Um, in addressing how we how we battle coronavirus, it's this bottom up approach, and as soon as it goes bottom up, it, it gets political. 
then you're talking about you know local ordinances and governors undermining state undermining federal etc just there it's just not a good answer you know and on a local level the mechanism doesn't exist to provide any sort of stimulus to keep us alive to go you know to go alongside what it's trickled down to this bottom tier level to tell us what we are and are not able to do because it never happened at the top mm-hmm. you know so now we're all in this really tough spot of how do we do what's best and i just you know for me i just i don't have that answer yet there's some things that i would like to do but maybe they're right maybe they're wrong i don't know yeah well you've taken in a lot of information since march and you're one of those guys that kind of just assesses the climate and triage when needed but plans in place the best that you possibly can we've got some time with you as much as as you can allow us to have and i'd like to just go slow with this through uh, march and what you've learned through uh, outbreak within your restaurant to uh, contracting coronavirus itself to today and where we're at and folks that are looking for relief and and just really trying to figure out, you know, what's the best that can be done right now. And again, I know you're speaking just for yourself, um, but I think your opinion uh, for what you're going to be doing is is very valid and, and other folks, you know, are interested in hearing it. So let's start back in March 17th when uh, really the shutdowns took place and walk us through uh, what you've been doing as a business in Grand Junction. As of March 17th, I had dinner party, taco party, and Ben 707 food bar operating. Dinner party was a 50-seat private dining room that we hosted events several times a month, wine tasting dinners, pharmaceutical dinners, etc. Typically five-course dinners. We're talking 2,000 square feet that sat 50 people. Um, apply COVID distancing to that, we can seat 15 people. Needless to say, dinner party was rendered completely useless as of mid-March. Taco party was quick service, well, still is quick service, counter service, um, with a giant uh, garage door for a window in the front of it. We essentially locked our dining room, opened that garage door, and did takeout um, takeout and delivery through the shortage um, or through the closures and have continued to operate in the same fashion since. We really haven't done much different at Taco Party. Then 707 Food Bar was lunch and dinner seven days a week. It's currently dinner only five days a week. Beginning last Friday with the level red, we returned back to delivery, which we started last March as well. Uh, So we're doing delivery of dinner service only five days a week. For the first two months of the closures in March, uh, we wrote a separate um, kind of family meal menu every day in addition to our full a la carte menu that was available for takeout and delivery we had wine club cocktail um cocktail kits um we had some um, sort of some of our reserve bottles that we did limited releases to we did some promotions where we were including glassware with wine purchases needless to say we had a private dining room that was again useless so we had inventory from that I mean, we were we were fire sailing everything we could. The biggest move we made, however, when we closed for lunch, it was very important to me that we didn't lose any staff. So the first move we made was to take all of the high-risk staff and put them in the dinner party space, which was closed, 
and start converting that space into Ben Burger, which is now a counter service burger shop adjacent to Taco Party. So the two spaces use the same POS, uh, the same physical address, but two separate kitchens and two separate rooms. Um, we then took our lunch menu and turned that into um, kind of edited that down into something that would travel well and then reopen Ben Burger with the lunch menu from Ben 707 Food Bar, keeping 100% of our staff employed. Um, fast forward to the reopenings. We reopened. We had amended um, liquor license for Ben 707 Food Bar, so we licensed about 150, 200 linear feet of sidewalk space in front of Ben, and we literally brought our entire dining room outside every day and moved it back inside at the end of service and served um close to the same revenue that we were previously doing for a couple of months in the midsummer um we then invested in greenhouses at ben 707 food bar we have seven greenhouses that we got online in october after we reopened from being closed through quarantine for a couple of weeks with uh 12 of our staff that including myself that were uh positive for coronavirus uh, and now we are back to seven days a week at Taco Party in Benberger. We have um, location-specific QR codes and a brewery caddy corner from us that we are um, doing some uh, walkover delivery for that room as well as our takeout. Chef. We are still open for in-person dining. Chef, sorry to interrupt. I, I, I'd, yeah. I'd like for you to circle back around to the outbreak that happened uh, at your yeah. restaurant and the precautions that you did to take place and how you were able to see some similarities to that and national averages and just go through what those numbers looked like and um, what you did as a business owner to make sure the responsible things were being done. Well, sure. And, you know, I think this is kind of, this is the most important part of why I think the dining room shouldn't be open because of the way we saw uh, the virus interact with our staff and what we have left to be able to control that. You know, a big part of this, and Greg, you and I haven't talked about this, but, you know, the Family's First Coronavirus Response Act um, is, is in existence and it's expiring in a month. Uh, but that allows us to, to essentially have a tax credit from paying our staff while they're quarantined. So we can continue to pay our staff while they are infected and sick um, while we're closed. And then when we reopen, you know, we get a tax credit from our 941 tax um, um, filings until that tax credit is, is used up. We had 12 staff. Um, if you look at the national averages, we were pretty close to that. We had, we had four people that had hospitalizations of those four people, several of them were repeated hospitalizations lasting as much as five or six weeks from the time that they were infected. Mm -hmm. We had another four staff that had minimal symptoms, um, you know, two, three days worth of symptoms, despite the couple of week quarantine. Um, in my case, I never had a fever. I never lost sense of taste or smell. I had a migraine for three weeks. Um, as that headache started to subside, I realized that was left with um, what they, everyone's calling COVID fog, which is some memory loss and confusion and that kind of stuff, but also weird, 
weird stuff like rashes, tingly fingers, you know, just a different set of symptoms. And that's kind of been the most difficult for me because as I get tired or stressed or what have you, those symptoms come back. So now it's been two months since I was sick and I'm just getting back to normal. Like you had mentioned, I'm just now even kind of talking about it for the first time. Um, we had, you know, one degree of separation um, with some of our staff that infected um, some of their elderly family. And we had one fatality from that. So looking at that as a sort of one in 10 scenario, four of us were sick, four of us weren't sick, two of us were asymptomatic. Um, you know, who knows how much further it spread from without our group, but the little bit of spread that we did see, we did see a fatality. Uh, our response, the first person that got a positive test and keep in mind, I have a, a daily rapport with most of my staff. So the first person that got a positive test came within about 15 to 20 minutes of two other people reaching out to say that they felt a little off. We made the call then to close the restaurant. Um, I know that a lot of people aren't closing restaurants on every single instance in that, in that case for us. It was at the end of a weekend. It was at the end of a busy time frame, which was Wine Fest here in Western Colorado, which is a busy time frame. There's a decent amount of staff that work in multiple locations. So it was really difficult, you know, to trace that back even a day or so. The collateral damage could have been a lot higher than it was with only 20 of our 40 people infected. However, that's also about 25% of our staff. So quite literally, it could have affected every single one of us and one in four people were positive. Mm. Um, I can so see. we closed, we used that coronavirus um, relief act to take care of our staff while we were closed. To this date, we still have not made any layoffs outside of using the ability to make layoffs to be able to keep our staff safe because quite literally a good portion of my staff is no longer interested in coming to work and pushing every day on the front lines with no protection. And that's kind of, that's what I'm seeing the most of. And it's not that anybody's giving up. It's just that there's no way that we can take care of ourselves. We can protect ourselves if we put 50 or 60 people outside without their mask or 20 people inside without their mask. That surfer works every day and they see those tables turn once or twice a day. They're seeing 40 people. We have a 15% positivity rate. That means that at any given point, there's a good portion of that as positive inside of our dining room. If you start looking at viral load, if you start looking at what the servers and the bartenders and maitre d' and hosts and hostess and cashiers, what they're dealing with on the front lines, and this is for every restaurant, the one thing that makes restaurants unique is that no other industry allows their guests to come into their business and then take off their masks and congregate. Mm. So for us, it's to the point that our servers have been through this. They've been getting tested once a week. They're, you know, the person to the left of them and the person to the right of them may have already been sick and may still have symptoms or may not be able to work because, you know, they can only work two days a week because they haven't fully recovered from when they were sick. But we've also now expended what was initially supposed to protect us for a coronavirus outbreak. And as you all know, 
anyone working in a restaurant, restaurants are closing one week per month anymore every time they get somebody sick. And that family's first coronavirus uh, response act doesn't cover a year's worth of trying to respond. It covers a single instance. So there's, there's no relief from that end of it, which means we're all just sitting ducks. I feel like we're burning out each other and our staff and the industry. Um, there's no relief in sight if we, you know, whether we stay open or we close our dining rooms. But I can tell you that right now my dining rooms are open because if I was to close them, I'd be the only person in my community, or I, I shouldn't say that. I should say one of two restaurants in my community that doesn't have in-person dining. And we would be sitting ducks. We would we might as well just lock it up and call it quits because somebody that's knocking on the door and finds us closed, it's just going to go to the next person that's open. However, if we were all closed, all of our dining rooms were closed, we would be able to have a response to our guests that started as an equal playing field, right? Whether that's delivery, whether that's takeout, curbside, you know, otherwise. I, I at least that's a sustainable business model that I think that we could continue through the winter. We could find creative ways to keep staff employed. We could adjust our hours of operation or days of the week of operation so that we could keep our shifts filled so that our staff could keep working. Mm. Um, with what's happened with the liquor enforcement division and their licensing, at this point, as long as a server has car insurance and is certified for 30 bucks, they can come become a delivery person. Mm -hmm. In March, when we did this, I had to, you know, I spent $10,000 insuring my staff so they could drive. Uh, we no longer have to do that. We have some other tools that as business owners, restaurant operators, we can switch to. Mm -hmm. You know, at no other time have we been able to do what we can with alcohol. Um, we can capitalize on that. If our dining rooms weren't full, we can provide other, you know, other ways to take care of our guests. And honestly, for me, the only part of this that that is sustainable for me anyway, is to be able to provide a workplace for our staff that they're not concerned with when they get sick rather than they're concerned with how much longer until we get some support. Mm. Okay. Right. Chef Josh Nuremberg here with us today and a lot to unpack from what you've had to say there. What I'm hearing, Chef, is this, this mindset or this shift from being a turnstile to the customer to how can we best how can we best help or be stewards of our employees or our staff to where we're thinking of them first and then the customers can work within those parameters is is that kind of the gist of what i'm hearing here i think so i mean you know if we every single zip code in the state is has a different set of rules right now how can anybody use that as a even playing field. And I just, I, I keep coming, you know, coming from Western Colorado, it's not that we have, you know, thousands and thousands of people in the hospitality industry. We have a very small group of people in the hospitality industry and nobody's wanting to get into that industry right now. Mm -hmm. So that's a burnout scenario that say we financially make it through this, say we keep customers open or closed, there's not going to be a workforce on the other end of this if we continue. Agreed. And that's not just for where I am. That's most of the state. Yeah. 
So concentrating on just a few things and doing them very well and having this um, consensus, and, and, and again, I would love all uh, restaurant owners to respond to this and, and give us feedback a, a about it. Um, you have a variance in Grand Junction, and that variance is what again, 50% capacity or? Yeah, we have 50% capacity and somehow that variance doesn't decrease with the dial. Mm -hmm. So we've had a 50% uh, occupancy this entire time. Sure. And when we went, went from yellow to orange and orange to red, we stayed at 50%. Yeah. So uh, I know Arapahoe County is trying to appeal to their commissioners to lobby for that same type of variance through the governor's office. Was that variance granted because of the voice of the citizens in Mesa County? Uh, t tell me how that variance came about. Well, you're probably gonna get me in trouble here, but that was a couple of different government entities that spoke on behalf of uh, the larger collective without much feedback from that group. Um, we tried to actually do some outreach here locally within the restaurant community and it was just fell on deaf fears about what we would like to see. So I really don't have much feedback mm -hmm. to how that came to be. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is worth noting in this conversation, you know, it, it trust me when I say that I completely understand that I'm sitting here with my dining rooms open mm -hmm. arguing in, to be closed to a bunch of people that have closed dining rooms. That sounds completely ridiculous. Mm. I'll also say that at 6.30 PM on Friday night, I had eight covers sat inside between three different dining rooms. And the cost of staffing those dining rooms to be in business was far greater than the cost to do those same sales as takeout and delivery. So the efficiencies you know, we don't have, we, none of us can afford to not be running as efficient as possible. And at this point, having our dining room open for us mm -hmm. is completely inefficient. Mm -hmm. That was going to be the absolute setup for the next question that I was going to ask you. So as we all try and make sense of this, and I think the one thing is, is, um, okay, I'm in this county and Bob's in the county across the street. And literally the division is the street. They have different uh, restrictions and variances and I have different restrictions that I follow. Um, the message is different. The treatment of this is different. But how do restaurant owners, bar owners, come to a consensus of what's best for the restaurants and bars, whether it be closing the dining rooms or having them open? Uh, just that collective voice that does even that playing field and make it so that the, the directive is clear on what to do. It's too confusing of a question to pose to anybody right now because we're working in so many different directions. But I'm seeing this civil unrest happen, and I'm seeing some restaurant and bar owner, and we'll just go to, we won't cap it at restaurant and bar owners, just small business people, seeing the division between them and big business operations and it getting greater and greater and seemingly no rhyme or reason, it, it just looks like they're being picked on. What, what's your perception of that? Well, I, you know, 
everything I've said so far, what I've said so far has been completely my opinion of what I think we should collectively be doing. But you know, Carolyn and I had a conversation last week about this, and I'm I'm not I'm not trying to be a spokesperson for the industry. I'm just trying to share what I've come to the conclusion of sure. through my own instances. Mm-hmm. And that said, the ability for each municipality to have a variance is something that we really haven't seen statewide. Uh, every municipality has that opportunity. Several of them have not capitalized on that. But whether that variance is last call or whether that variance is type of industry, you know, what, why is a distillery different from a winery is different from a bar mm-hmm. or what have you? I think that working within those municipalities to create variances that work for where they are is probably the best and smartest move that all of us can make mm. so that we all kind of can speak that language, I guess. Who's opening cans? Is someone pounding beers near you? Do you hear that? You don't hear that? Maybe that's not our. I'm here. There's, there's nobody else in this thing. I know we're hearing beers like there's somebody sitting back pounding beers. I know it's not Jay. He hasn't had a drink in four years. Uh, so it, it's one of these things, and it's frustrating for me as I get people far and wide reaching out via email, um, instant messages, DMs, you name it, um, with frustration of what's next what do we do next is it just is it a is it a hurry up and wait just wait for relief on either a federal we know it can't happen on a local level there's not enough money in the state coffers to be able to subsidize people for their shutdowns what do we do as a community and i think that if there's anything it pulled back the scab chef on how important our communities are to us and how much we need to look out for our own survival. But where do we go from here? Where do we go? Well, I don't know. I don't have that answer. You know, I mean, <laughs> I was looking for it. I told you on that. I told you that soundbite that you played earlier. You know, what happens within our restaurants is no longer in my control. I started today by going through this laundry list of these moves that we made and I've, we've made those moves you know we've got amended dining areas we've got takeout we've got delivery service we've got you name it we've addressed our packaging our websites as optimized as possible you can order food for takeout or delivery from 37 different apps at this point right mm-hmm. I don't think we're in control of this anymore. So then it just becomes a conversation of where the ripcord is. You know, well, right now I think December 3rd is the next optimistic cutoff for any sort of federal aid before January. Mm-hmm. And it's likely not going to happen. And if it does, great. But when that time comes, it probably will not fix all of our problems. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that anyone's going to stop getting sick anytime soon mm-hmm. with or without a vaccine. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I've learned one thing from being in Mesa County, we got coronavirus three weeks ago, right? We've been playing this game for a year. It just got ugly three weeks ago for the first time. 
And I'll tell you the other thing is that we don't have a community that's completely up in arms because our health department has been as sort of relaxed as they've been able to with these variances. So it's really they've created a situation that it is up to each individual business. But if you look at our case counts and our numbers over the last two, three, four weeks, I don't know if that's any better. If anything, it's considerably worse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we're at 49, 49 fatalities and 45 of them are within the last four weeks. So as we look into the next chapter of this, and you talk about a little bit of loosened regulations there in Mesa, Mesa County. And you've been through all aspects with an outbreak, uh, contracting coronavirus itself, exposing your family to it. Staff's very important to you as well as your business too. You, I have to ask you the question, should it not be kind of sent back to the citizens to say, well, Leave it up to me if I feel comfortable to go to a gym. Leave it up to me if I want to go dine in at a restaurant. Let me have that choice to be able to go do the things that I feel comfortable with rather than being told what I should feel comfortable with. In my experience, there is no reason for any guest to feel unsafe dining in a restaurant anywhere. With our, with, you know, following some basic protocols, six foot distancing, etc. I believe the viral load that a guest has the opportunity to pick up from other guests inside that dining room is slim. Mm-hmm. The other side of that is the ability for employees for our industry to get sick from guests inside of our dining rooms is exponentially higher. And you know, this industry is is unique and beautiful and amazing because of the type of people that it is filled up with. And those people are from all walks of life at all different stages in their life mm-hmm. and all different ages with, you know, probably the farthest reaching industry there is in the United States. Which means if that industry is the highest at risk that means that we are the greatest danger to our communities by just going to work. So I don't think that this should be a take off your gloves and go for this herd immunity situation. I mean, again, in our case, I still have 30 something employees that now have no other protection if they get sick because we've already used our family first coronavirus relief act, Mm -hmm. which means then we just operate until the next time somebody gets sick and then we're out of business for good, right? Mm-hmm. Or any of us, all of us collectively operate until, you know, you name the operator. And if they get sick and their mm-hmm. staff gets sick, we haven't, we've barely seen any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, that we're at the beginning of that and this isn't going away. And mm-hmm. right now everybody's fighting to bring people inside in the middle of winter mm-hmm. with the only support that we have expired, mm. you know, that's, that's a no win. That's a no win, unsustainable scenario. All right. Here's another no win scenario. I'm going to ask you to do crystal ball time. So let, let's just head on through the holidays here. And have you been on an airplane lately? 
No, no, not since uh, not since November of last year. November of last year. Okay, I have. It's um, <laughs> if you're afraid of contracting coronavirus, you'd be terrified to go on an airplane. You're basically uh, front to back with 200 of your closest friends that you've never met before. Um, grocery stores, big box stores, Targets of the world, Walmarts of the world, and as we go into a renownedly busy shopping season, the, the attrition on small businesses, it, it's not going to pause. There's going to be no pause button. B businesses are going to continue to shut down. What, what, do, what do you see, what, what do you foresee as we look around us, as we see the division of small businesses and, and big businesses get greater and friends and family around you getting uneasy? What can you imagine if it goes at this pace? What can we what can we anticipate seeing? I don't know. You know, there's a lot of expensive real estate propped up with a lot of restaurants that nobody can eat in right now. Mm -hmm. Economically speaking, we haven't seen the crash that we should have seen, mm -hmm. which means that it's still too early to even have this conversation. But it doesn't end well. I mean, let's say, let's say we make it four months from now with no more um, stimulus and no vaccine readily available. And that four months, that's a really optimistic time frame. It's probably a couple years. If we make it four months, what's the collateral damage of restaurants that can't make it through winter? From where we are now, I could only speculate that it's at least 50%, at least. So then if 50% of the real estate that's occupied by restaurants nationwide no longer has operator in that real estate, then the real estate market crashes. And we all remember what happened the last time the real estate market crashed. But I believe if that happens this time, it's going to be a permanent deal because people are not ever going to go back and bet on restaurants again. And we've all figured out how to sell our goods remotely and work from our couches. Mm -hmm. So what does that do for the real estate industry? You know, yeah, sure. We can fill an airplane and airplanes have far more high tech air handling scrubbers for a bunch of people within mass than any of our dining rooms do. So there is a little bit of truth to that. I believe, you know, I mean, so I've been told, so I've read, um, but if people aren't flying, it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. If people can't afford to fly because the money from the real estate industry or the economy can't afford those tickets anymore. Yeah. You know, Bezos will get this, is, this isn't an optimistic outlook, but the point is it is far too late for Congress to have not acted. Mm -hmm. And when they do, I don't, I don't think it's going to be enough. Mm -hmm. And when they do, it'll probably be the first of many, which means that we're, the entire hospitality industry is looking to the government to prop us off for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, it's going to get interesting. Boy, and it sure has been interesting. What's your backup plan, man? As we, we enter a time to where there's probably only going to be breadsticks and olive gardens and, um, you know, Jeff Bezos. Oh, in and out. Don't forget, in and outs. <laughs> in and outs. That's right. What's your backup plan, man? Do you have any other skills? I'm getting pretty good at putting out burgers quickly <laughs> through orders that come out of a printer. Yeah, I'll bet you are. 
Uh, okay, let's, le- let's leave this on a positive note. You do such great creative things. Jay's playing a side-by-side of um, the glory days, back when the dining room was full. We'd do vi- come visit you, and man, I look at this right now, and I almost just, it's, it's just so sad. It's just terribly sad. Um, what's going on with you? What kind of things are you guys th- doing creatively? What can people expect from you? Are you doing Thanksgiving dinners, alcohol to go? I know you are. What cool stuff's happening there in Grand Junction? Well, we're, we're trying to stay out of the holiday game. There's a decent amount of places that want to be in the holiday game. We've done everything we can to keep our staff um, as comfortable as possible. And I firmly believe that we should be closed for the holidays. So I'm, we're not getting into that game. Um, are you going to close? We're, we're close for Thanksgiving. We're close for Christmas. Good. Well, you know, if we if we lose our variants, we may close for a week in between. From creativity side, I'm you know on social over the last couple of days, I've posted some food photos, which yeah. is staging for our websites. Uh huh. I mean, we spent six months staging food photos into takeout boxes. You know, what's like, up with the wine project though? You said you had something cool that's coming up. Well, we so um. Garrett from Carlson Vineyards uh, and the couple of the bin crew and uh, our friends from Consuming Create all kind of partnered together to launch this wine brand called High Desert Wine Lab. Uh, that was two, three years ago. Sweet. Um, and Ben has always been pretty, pretty early adapter, if you will, to different wine trends. So, you know, we were really early with Orange, with Natty, with all that stuff. And I think that's just, I believe that wine is an agricultural uh, product rather than a luxury product. And I think that Garrett shares those beliefs. So he's uh, taken that opportunity to explore some orange wine with Colorado grapes. And I think that picture was one of the first samples of it. It's pretty exciting. How was it? Hopefully it will. Oh, it was killer. It was awesome. Um, it was like opening a bag of dried apricot. Mm-hmm. It was such a unique, interesting um aroma but the balance in the mouthfeel was just awesome but if that continues to uh to function as it has been hopefully we'll see those in bottles within the next couple of months um you know out of out of his tasting rooms and out of our restaurants and if you know if it's successful we'll go from there but it's you, you know that's why we're here that's we're in western colorado so we can play with produce so we've got access to grapes and wine and everything else and God. No matter what, still what's driving our menu. That's all I want to talk to you about. I don't want to talk to you about this crap. I want to talk to you about food and the, the taste hey. of your region and how you source stuff. And, you know, there's one thing about you, though, Chef. Um, I admire you fully, and it's not about you. It's about the people around you that have propped you up for years because it takes a team. And you recognize that you're not just that team. It's everybody around you. And you sure take care of everybody around you. You exemplify community. And I think that if we can just look at what you're doing in a microcosm and make that bigger, that we've got it licked. I don't know how to get there, though. But I'm going to try and figure it out. Well, you know, if I, I think if there's any takeaway from any of this conversation or anything moving forward is that there's a lot of tools with these variances and regionality that it's just not being employed yet. And I think that there's opportunity there. So it's like a full-time you know, job keeping up on these dot, 
it's a full-time job keeping up on these dials and these variances and what you, it told it, it you know it is and i have no idea how you have such a great grasp of it and if this is you with a cloudy mind and a little foggy i can man i don't know you you run circles around me any time of the day um, much love and respect you and your beautiful family keep kicking man and and just do what josh does man keep it going well, thanks, Greg. Thanks for the kind words, and thanks, Jay, and thank you guys for doing what you do. Hang in there. Keep telling the story. Yeah, you bet, man. I, no ants. I wish I had answers. I don't. All we can do is be a pneumatic tube for people to come in and hold this conversation. So thanks for your time today. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good one. Take care, guys. You too, Chef Josh Nuremberg. I don't know, man. <laughs> he's it, right? Yeah, man. He's a, he's a quick whip and a good dude, and... and uh just uh you just feel for everybody uh, you know i keep trying to get uh, the the ending questions that i ask are look into your crystal ball what do you see that's next you all the things that you're looking at orchard park new york business owners getting together Mm -hmm. i mean i think running the bureaucrats out of their business you know doing the show every day you know you've asked that question before right time to time well here's the thing it's like the the longer that this goes on in in the in the realm of bizarre government doing stuff that everybody just goes what i just don't get that you know like i get protection it's like the longer that goes on those crystal ball questions are like you know you tell me like i had a prediction a month ago and it's totally yeah. different today. The tough stuff right now is seeing these large corporations um, profit off of the shift of those those dollars that would go to the large corporation or that would go to the small businesses that are going to the large corporations because of these restrictions. <laughs> it's I don't know what's going to happen next, but I guarantee you, as you sit from your armchair, or your sofa at home, and you're watching the evening news and you're watching people storm the businesses and and not create any social distancing and sometimes, you know, no mask. I mean, whatever it, hap- whatever it happens to be, um, you're going to see that division increase. Small businesses closing doors, big businesses getting bigger. I don't know what's next, but I do know we want to hear from you. The Modern Eater at gmail.com. We're going to continue at this on this holiday week. I know, J- Jay, you want to... Just take it easy. Hang out in your britches this week. Did, <laughs> did I say britches? Did, did I? My skivvies. <laughs> in your skivvies. My skivvies, as uh, Stephen Gould would say. Um, I mean, we're going to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, and sorry, we pushed Chef Taj around today. Chef Taj Cook from Miss Betty's Cooking. Um, apologize. We'll have him back. I'm talking to him now. Tomorrow he's down at Broadway Market putting together um, these uh, 2,000 meals that they're giving away for uh, Thanksgiving on Thursday. And him and his lovely wife, Danielle, this is the second annual. um, And I wrote the name down on the the back of that piece of paper. I didn't write it on my side um, as far as what it's it's called. But it's the second annual uh, for his business of doing meals during the holidays. And if you read the 303 article... Um, in the 303 magazine, it gives you a lot more detail about Chef Cook and his wife and, and the awesome things. And they're working with uh, Chef Jesusio over there at Broadway Market. Um, Justin Brunson at River Bear American Meats uh, donated product to to these meals as, as, as well as uh, a handful of other contributors. So it's just a really good thing. 
and and it's and it's something that we need more of, especially nowadays. Um, and uh, Chef Cook, I'll reschedule it. Chef uh, Chef Taj Cook. Yeah, grab this here. I want to put this right next to me. As we close up today, here's our hashtags. This was one. I mean, it came to me because truly, there's no time for uh, partisan politics. There's just no time for that at all. People need to put down the politics and pick up the small business more than ever. You saw months and months inundated Hickenlooper commercials, Gardner commercials, Trump, mm. Biden. Just mm. vote for me. Here's what I'm going to do. Where are we now? <laughs> Where are we now? We're with each other. Um, small businesses are more important than ever, and we're realizing it's within our communities. We need to figure this out. We need to have this conversation. Hashtag put down the politics, pick up the small business. That needs to happen, and I'm a firm believer in safer at restaurants. Restaurants are doing it right, you guys. I'd rather be at a restaurant than at Walmart. 100%. I'd rather be at a restaurant than on an airplane. Uh, yeah, I won't get on an airplane anyway, but... I'd rather be at a restaurant than fill in the blank. And I know you would, too. Hang in there. Lift each other up. Encouragement. I'm getting chefs and owners. They're getting a hold of me at night, which feel free to do it. Uh, I'm up late, and I'm getting up early just to see what we can do to bring you this program every day. But you guys, people are drinking late night, turning to drugs and alcohol thinking about their families and i mean the bills are real the money thing the money thing's a real thing don't make it worse don't make it worse you need a clear head now more than ever this will pass you've heard that a thousand times you've heard we're all in this together well uh, i'd like to tell you that i don't know who the collective we're all in this together but here in a community. We have a great community. Colorado is an amazing place. But the voice needs to be collective. Now, you're, you're seeing, I mean, Orchard Park, New York, didn't that? That was pretty striking. And, and, and Jay, listen, there are people right now in portions of Colorado that are organizing the same types of things. Business owners wanting to get together to talk about What's, what's, what's within our rights? What's, what's responsible? What should we do? How should we handle this? If, if they're kidding, I mean, we called the phone number, right? We called the phone number. The um, city councilman Flynn in Orchard Park, New York, he recommended calling this phone number from code enforcement. It's basically keeping you from being together, in the name of you being safe, right? So just a government overreach, it's too confusing. You can't go down that road. You'll never find any resolution to what really matters at the end of the day, and that's keeping small businesses alive. Make that choice. I don't know, man. What does it do to you when you see an In-N-Out burger where people are lined up for hours and hours and hours, and then you see this list comes out of Westward Magazine of all the closings of restaurants and bars since March. I mean, what is that? It, it, it makes me uneasy. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I have a 
deep human theory on that, you know, aside from COVID and everything else, which is just based on numbers and, and you know, well, convenience of, of if, that, you if, know. If you're not getting mad, you're not paying attention. People are getting mad. Keep it together right now. Rely on each other. Reach out to us, themoderneater@gmail.com. Again, we've got people watching. The politicians, the bureaucrats, they're tuning in. I'd say uh, stop sitting on your hands, get off your ass, and um, fulfill some of the uh, agreements that, and, and offerings that, that you made uh, predicated on you being elected into office. It's just um, no reason why we're entering this um, very dark period of winter with no relief in sight and no conversation or communication. We'll give you the latest and greatest. We'll update you on a daily basis. We'll be back here tomorrow at 2 p.m. I don't know what it's going to bring you. I really don't. We're just playing it by ear. Um, so if you want to be heard on this show, uh, let us know. We'll get you on the show. Other than that, I have to thank that, uh, our lineup of stars today. I've got so much paperwork in front of me. Got to thank Chef Andrea Fritzi from Il Posto. Visibly frustrated. Yeah. Another business owner. He's extremely optimistic all the time. Mm-hmm. Puts out great vibes. Mm-hmm. He's, getting, he's getting jumpy, Jay. Yeah. He's getting jumpy. Mark Whistler, Route 40, thanks for joining us. There's that link. We'll get that on the Facebook page as well, but he made a com- community board or forum that you can click in, and he's just basically trying to get people cash in their pockets. I love the idea, you know? Mm-hmm. And that won't keep them off any unemployment. Um, it, you know, it's cash under the table. It's the best kind. I don't mind it either. Yeah. Um, Brandon Cap, what a great guy. New Image Brewing Company. And Chef Josh Nuremberg, what a lineup. And for Jay Parker, you're doing great work. You're working really hard, my friend. And Little Rich Schneider, Brian Freeman, Faith Johnson. Uh, good things coming up. We will keep you connected. And so for Jay and myself, Greg Hollenbach, we'll w- wish you a good day. Have a good night. Treat each other well. We'll be back here tomorrow right out at 2 p.m.